Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast, brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. Every week, we'll meet an amazing executive who will share a story about her career and give us some great insight into her success. So if you are pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. You can learn more about Women in ETFs and the exchange-traded fund industry at womeninetfs.com. We have a freebie for this episode, our gift to you. You can grab it at christinedelano.com. Find out more about our show, see some behind-the-microphone photos, and get a preview of our upcoming guests on Instagram and LinkedIn. All these links are in the show notes. So put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Sue Thompson about your brand something we all have, but sometimes don't spend enough time cultivating. It represents your skills, but also how you're perceived. Sue Thompson is an executive vice president at State Street Global Advisors and heads up Spider America's distribution. Prior to joining State Street in 2018, she advised some of the world's largest and most sophisticated investment managers on their growth and distribution strategies. She has held leadership and strategic positions at both BlackRock and Vanguard. Sue is a graduate of the University of California Davis School of Law and a member of the California State Bar Association. She's married with two daughters, and 2022 is going to be a big year for them. They're celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary and expecting their first grandchild. I was so thankful when Sue agreed to come on the show and talk about brand. She has made cultivation of her impressive personal brand look effortless, which I know is a mirage based on the time she invests in others and her unique leadership skills. I'm ready to learn. Welcome, Sue, to We Talk Careers podcast. Thanks so much, Christine. It's such a delight to be here with you today. Oh, I'm so happy to be talking to you. Some of our listeners might not spend much time thinking about their personal brand, or perhaps they're not sure what their brand is, yet it exists for all of us. How we're perceived is fundamental to our relationships and to our careers. Can you maybe share a time when you recognize the importance of your brand? I think the one that most immediately comes to mind is when I was at Um, iShares. And we had started the ETF strategist channel. And and we put together an entire program for how to support these boutique asset managers. And we had built relationships along the way, but it was the relationships that we built combined with, you know, having a, a deep enough sort of experience with what they needed to be able to have them trust us when we put this whole program together. And And internally, I think that the brand of having built within iShares, the RIA channel, uh, I think that there was enough faith internally that people actually just volunteered, you know, to be a part of this effort to start up this ETF strategist channel. And, um, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun along the way, but, but I think that's where it all really began. And I think for the first time where I actually started thinking about uh, what is a personal brand and, and what does it mean? So how do you define personal brand? Like, what does it mean to you? I mean, I think that your personal brand is really, I I mean, I think you said it well at the outset, it's how you're perceived in the marketplace. And it's, it's not just one thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of everything. It's what you stand for when people think about you. Um, It's the first couple of things that come to mind. 
Mm. You know, so I, I think when a lot of people think about me, or at least I hope this is what they think, uh, you know, they think women in ETFs, for example, because, you know, part of, of my brand, I think that means a lot to me is, is trying to be an advocate and a mentor and a sponsor to women. And frankly, now, uh, even more broadly for people that are underrepresented and undersponsored in our industry. So, you know, you, you hope that you're recognized for that, but, you know, I, I hope that I'm also recognized for being in the ETF industry and for having some expertise in distribution. And hopefully, I think most importantly, you know, I think that you want the perception to have an element of the personal. So, you know, what I mean by that is that people think of you as a kind person or an empathetic person, you know, that it's not just what you're capable of, but who you are intrinsically. Yes. And being trusted for that, right? Yeah. So as we sort of get practical in how you create this brand, and it really, I think create could even be the wrong word, right? Because you always have a brand, right? Like how people perceive you, whether you work on it or not, (laughs) it exists, right? People are always going to have certain words that come to mind when they think about you, but there's so much expected of us in this industry and and perhaps many other industries of folks that are listening to this podcast. So how does your brand impact those around you? Not just yourself, but you know, how does your brand really impact the relationships in your career? Yeah. You know, I think for me, you know, it was funny when I, when I came to state street, what I began to realize was that your brand comes along with you and You know, what is nice when you've cultivated a brand of being, you know, maybe a straight shooter and giving really direct feedback and building a business and being empathetic or whatever your brand happens to be. When I walked in the door, even though I'd never worked with a lot of these people before, you know, a number of people said to me in the first or second meeting that I had with them, they said, gosh, we were so relieved when we found out that it was you coming. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know me at all, mm-hmm. but they said, we were relieved that it was you because you know, you know, this business really well, you know, this part of the business really well. And, you know, I think that's what you want in a brand because I think ultimately what happens is we're so busy in our world. And so we deploy shortcuts when we think about people, you know, this person's smart and knows capital markets. This person understands what clients are thinking And, you know, a strong personal brand helps people to have those shortcuts when they think about you. Mm. And that has, I think, broader applicability because when you think about, I think one of the central things that I worry about, particularly for women in our industry, I think that women are over-mentored and under-sponsored. And, you know, what I mean by that is that a lot of women will say they have mentors, but a sponsor is somebody that is willing to put their brand themselves, their reputation on the line to advocate for you. I feel like women don't get a lot of that. And I think that when you have a strong personal brand, that enables people to become sponsors because they already, you already have a reputation in the industry that precedes you. And it makes it easier to develop that sponsorship, which I think is just vitally important for women as they progress in their careers. Oh, thank you for bringing this up. So this concept of sponsorship, and it might be new for some mentorship is always the buzzword, but sponsorship that takes the real risk, right? Someone is using their career currency for your benefit, not just behind closed doors, but to support your career advancement. So can you take one more minute on that? Because this is not a get a cup of coffee type moment, right? This is someone in a position 
influence sponsoring someone else. Talk to the leaders out there who've never been willing to do that. How do you encourage yeah. that this is a good thing? So sponsorship, my, my personal experience is when you sponsor people, one, you, you do have to be careful, right? Because you are putting your reputation. So you want to make sure that you understand and that the person that you're sponsoring understands the seriousness with which you're both undertaking this relationship. But when you have that, if you're the person being sponsored, it's a game changer from a career perspective. But if you're the person that's doing the sponsoring, it pays you back in ways that you can't even possibly fathom at the time. And some of those are just the good feeling of taking someone that you know who's really strong and seeing their career come along. But it also, when you do it for someone else, you show how it's done. And that makes them sponsors down the road. And that makes them remember what it's like. I was sponsored by a gentleman at Vanguard many years ago, probably one of the strongest sponsors that I've ever had. And it changed how I thought about sponsorship and made me want to sponsor other people along the way. Because what he did changed my career. And I'm forever grateful to him. And I'm sure he appreciates the fact that I'm grateful, but he probably appreciates even more the fact that I paid it forward. Right. Absolutely. So bringing it back to brand, because that's where the career opportunity can start. How do you invest in your own brand? So first of all, and I talk to especially people who are earlier in their career, they're like, I just need to you know, build my brand. And it's like, no, you know what? Guess what? In the early days of your career, you just need to be good at what you do. You, <laughs> be a sponge, right? Learn your job, do your job really, really well. Then worry about brand because there's no substitute for competence. That's just, those are table stakes. So you have to have that as your, as your sort of base layer. And then you can build from there. I think that once you, you know, once you're good at what you do, then it's a matter of making sure that your network is as strong as you can have it. And I always encourage people to not just, if you're going on LinkedIn and looking at your first contacts, you're not going far enough. Look at what the people that you're one step away from and then see how you get to expand that network. That would be, I think, some of the first things. Second thing is, Social media is such a powerful tool these days. And I don't just mean LinkedIn. I'm not a big Twitter person myself, just because I just feel like in this day and age, what we need as a body politic, among other things, is something a little bit more nuanced than what you can get in that many characters. Um, but I, I do think that you know a lot of people I know um, write really interesting posts on LinkedIn. I know some people that are taking it to TikTok, believe it or not. Now, a lot of this depends upon the compliance environment in which you find yourself and whether or not your company can support it. I think most of us do LinkedIn, but I don't think that many people use LinkedIn as much as they can or should. You know, if your company allows you to, or if you're an entrepreneur and can do it on your own, that's the best time, I think, to think about your brand. And what, do you, what is it that you want to say? What is it that you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for your leadership qualities? Do you want to be known for a particular field of expertise? then you know, think about writing about that, not just once, but on a regular basis. And dare I say it, don't be afraid to be provocative um, because it's that provocation. I think probably the single thing that was the most read of anything that I've ever posted was when I 
in the gentlest way I could, called out someone for basically, you know, having a conference where there were no women speakers and just asking, how did this happen? And then trying to, you know, break it down and explain it. And so I think that when you kind of, I'm not saying, you know, be the agent provocateur, um, that's probably a step too far, but being willing to call out truths that need to be told, I think can oftentimes be really helpful for your brand, whether that's, you know, saying in the ETF space, for example, that you're not a big believer in, you know, active ETFs, or, you know, you think that there should be crypto ETFs or whatever the case might be. I do think that being willing to take a stand can also enhance a personal brand. And I remember when you called that conference out, I remember the (laughs) impact too, because you actually changed it. A number of voices joined you on that. And the following year, it looked very different. So I do think the chance to be provocative always has to be grounded in something that is meaningful to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be, you're trying to make a change that's, I think, a positive change, right? It's not just throwing flames to throw flames. It's, it's It's for a greater good. Right. Um, and, and the word that keeps popping into my head as you're speaking is authenticity. You have to know who you are and what you value, right? You'll, you'll grow weary building a version of yourself that actually doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, we can all get yeah. better, but it's our uniqueness that makes our brand sort of memorable and engaging, right? Those words that come to the people that think about you, the words that came to the folks that thought about you before you joined State Street. I mean, it, that's what's so important. They're, they're memorable. They're engaging. They're unique to you. They aren't just what they throw around to, to everyone who, who they meet. So yeah. what are some tips or thoughts to keep in mind, you know, as someone is growing in their confidence, they're, you know, becoming competent and they're working hard at their career, they're growing their network. You know, what are some of the other ways that they can, in using your word, be a little bit more nuanced in their uniqueness? Like, how do they do that? Yeah. So one, um, this should not come as any surprise. I'm going to plug women in ETFs, get involved, right? Get involved with industry groups, because even if your company, part of it is having a voice. And so sometimes when you're earlier on in your career, you have to be somewhat established before your company's going to invest in giving you the voice. Now, the one thing I will say on that front is don't be afraid to, to speak up on that. When, when I first came to State Street, it was shocking um, how few women were spokespeople. And we actually established a speakers bureau and we started to um, do that same as what we did uh, with WE to get more women, um, to get more diverse voices, period. And, um, and we got people media trained and, and then developed swim lanes for them so that they were known to be an expert on that topic in an effort, frankly, to help them build their personal brand. Your company might not be as supportive of that. So if you're working at a company where that opportunity doesn't seem to present itself or when you bring it up, you don't get the outcome that you're looking for, we can often be, women in ETFs can be a great place to start building your voice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and other industry groups as well. But I, I think the work that we has done here has been just phenomenal. Yes, I agree. I agree. And um, it's been fun starting this podcast and having so many of the board members join it and really talk about the things that they're passionate about, which, 
you know, again, I really want to extend that opportunity to, to other membership. And, and I love that what we have done with the Speakers Bureau and not only giving people an opportunity, but providing training and providing um, support to get there. So love those ideas. So take it a little personal with me, Sue. Um, you know, there's always been that old homage of, you know, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you're in. So tell me how sort of that piece of it, the, the style side of who you are has played into your own personal brand. Well, I'm not particularly proud of the fact that part of my personal brand probably labels me as a shopaholic, um, <laughs> but it's, it's probably true. Um, I never think of that. That's not the word that comes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that everyone, no matter how much we wish people would just judge us on the inside, that's just not the world that we actually live in. And again, it goes back to heuristics. We, We are all bombarded with information. And so you end up, whether consciously or not, making sometimes snap judgments about people. And so you know, I do think that the way that we all present ourselves ends up, even if it shouldn't matter, it does. And um, one thing I love about this young generation of women that are coming up is they're just so vocal about body shaming and things of that nature. And I think it, that's so great and so healthy. That is not the world that I grew up in. And, um, and so I think old habits for me die hard. I also think that there's a, there's a funny movie Gosh darn it! I won't be able to remember the name of it, but um, but it was about um, some guy that ends up in a fallout shelter, and you know he comes up. I, I think it was with Brendan Fraser or something, and they were talking about manners, and they said, you know, the reason for manners is to make other people feel comfortable. I think you know style, like trying to trying to showcase yourself in a nice way, to me is a sign of respect for the people that you're around. Um, it's saying, you know, I care enough about you to, to put on, you know, my best and to try to make you feel comfortable and confident that when you talk to me, you know, I'm fully present for you. Oh, so well said. Thank you. Yes. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Thank you. So I'm a novelist now, which I love. I love writing. I love story. I love how you can escape in it. I love that it can challenge your bias and, kind of sort of expand your world. So I'm always looking for new story ideas and new books to read. So tell me, what have you read recently, Sue, and how has it inspired you? Right now, I'm reading a book called Choke, and it's about how your brain operates. You know how how like sometimes you can have somebody that they'll take practice test after practice test, and they'll do amazingly well at it. And then they'll get into the actual test itself, and they choke and they fail. And so this is an area where I feel like sometimes on a personal level, when I get really stressed, I tend to have, I think they call it an amygdala hijacking where your fight or flight instinct takes hold. And, and that sometimes I just don't perform at my utmost. Um, so I, I, I felt like this would be a really good book it's so surprising the, uh, to me, Sue, because I've seen you in high pressure situations and you always look cool and you come off so articulate. So that, that's surprising uh, that that's something you've, you know, uh, it's that classic story of the duck, you know, like it looks like it's smooth ceiling, but the legs are going like this under the water. Um, you know, so now I think, listen, I think, and, and the, here's the funny thing is the next time anybody gets up, 
you know, the next time you get up and, and you do a big speech in front, just remember, like all of us, I don't know of a single person, not anyone, at least not if they're being honest, that when they're in situations like that, that they're not just at least a little bit nervous. Mm. Um, and some of us a lot nervous. What is it that Malcolm Gladwell said? Do it for 10,000 hours and, you know, you'll be an expert. and Maybe you don't get so nervous. Right. Yeah. How many things can we do for 10,000 hours? But yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so in this book, Choke, is it really leaning into sort of the brain science of like how to sort of condition your brain and the mindfulness? Is, is mindfulness yeah. training a part of that? So I'm still brand new in the book. I've just started it, but I just thought it was, it's an interesting take, but yeah, it's all about brain science, which I just find personally just really fascinating. I think we're learning more and more about the brain and I've been trying to do more things around mindfulness anyway. So I thought this was in keeping with that. So that's the book that I'm, I'm reading right now. Although I will take time off to read completely different fictional things. Um, it's not all nonfiction. What well, are you, are you, you well, said a novelist, so you're writing, you're writing fiction. I do. I write fiction. So, um, and I've, I'm on my third novel. The first two, I haven't actually released into the world yet. Um, because you know, probably like you as well, there's a bit of a perfectionist living inside of us. So until we yeah. know that the, the book is ready for general consumption, I'm, I'm holding on to it, but this third one is really takes place in high finance and I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. It's the world that we lived in and, you know, knowing you and so many amazing women, I think there are stories to be told that can really help people, uh, I don't know, in some ways rethink their biases, as I said, but also their preconceptions on what it is to work in a high pressured situation, as well as try to have a family and friends and, and all of that. So I think uh, good fodder for a fiction story. So I yeah. can't wait to read it. Uh, um, Thank you. I think we need a lot more novels about our industry is fascinating um, and in, in a lot of ways. And, and so it's uh, it deserves to have more novels written about it. I agree. I agree. And um, so I just want to thank you so much, Sue, for giving us great insight. Um, this book that you mentioned uh, will be in the show notes as well as each of these podcasts. I'm asking that question. So some great books to be looked up. And so I just want to just take a moment and just say, you know, how impressive your personal brand has been to me over the years. And I really appreciate you taking the time to help others understand how to cultivate it and why it's important. So this has been so great. Thank you, Sue. Oh, thank you so much, Christine. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information to file away, but let it be transformational in your career. I'm rooting for you. Once again, I'd like to remind you to go to womeninetfs.com to find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry. Please also check out this episode's freebie, where I've listed some great resources on creating a personal brand and included a checklist. You'll find it at christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do so. We have a season of incredible guests. Don't miss out. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us tackle, please let me know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.